Hey everybody, welcome to this week's edition of Theater Shove It. I'm your host Greg, and I'm here this week to give you my thoughts on the latest movies playing in theaters and streaming on your TV. Also this week, I shared the latest rivals on streaming services and now streaming, and Be Kind Rewind looks at the films you voted for. For our featured movies this week, a Disney ride gets a second chance on the big screen in Disney's Haunted Mansion, friends play a game that grabs more than their attention in Talk to Me, and a man goes on a path of revenge in The Baker. First up, when a woman and her son move into a new house in New Orleans, spooky things begin to happen. This is Disney's Haunted Mansion. Anybody else seeing this? I hope you do too. We're gonna fight, whether we like it or not. Or else we're stuck here for eternity. If this comes down to an exorcism, we're in big trouble. This house is dripping with souls, but there's always room. In yet another adaptation of the Disney ride, director Justin Simeon's Disney's Haunted Mansion is set in New Orleans, where a single mother named Gabby, played by Rosario Dawson, has moved into an antique house with her nine-year-old son, Travis, played by Chase Dillon. It is soon discovered that they aren't alone as spirits begin tormenting them. Instead of getting the hell out of there for good, they call an astrophysicist named Ben, played by Oscar-nominated actor Lakeith Stanfield. Ben is grieving the death of his wife, and has created a special camera that can take pictures of ghosts. Also helping them exercise the spirits are a priest named Father Kent, played by Oscar nominee Owen Wilson, a medium named Harriet, played by the hilarious Tiffany Haddish, and a professor with skills in haunted houses named Bruce, played by Danny DeVito. Hoping one of them will know what to do, Gabby hopes to rid the house of the spirits so she and her son can live life in peace. However, we all know it is not that simple, as the deep dark history of the house tries to overpower them. Can the group come together and solve this ghastly, ghostly problem? When I saw the trailer for this, I thought it would be a see it, and I give this film a... Very mild see it. This is one I really wanted to like more than I did. Again, I'm erring on the side of see it only because the Haunted Mansion is my favorite ride at the parks, and I liked all the nods to the ride, so that made it fun. And also, I saw it in 4DX, you know, with the motion seats and all the special effects, and that added to my enjoyment. Honestly, I'm not sure if I would have enjoyed it as much had I watched it in a regular theater, and I very well may have given this a shove it. So keeping that in mind, here's the rest of my review. It's a typical cliched family movie that doesn't have much substance, and it's pretty forgettable once it's over. I like all the actors in the film, which includes Oscar winner Jamie Lee Curtis as Madame Leota, the Crystal Ball Ghost, as well as Hassan Minhaj and Oscar winner Jared Leto as the voice of the Hatbox Ghost. The special effects were all decent, and the film was nice and dark when it needed to be, Part of my somewhat positive review is influenced by the fact that I did enjoy it more than the Eddie Murphy version back in the early 2000s, but I didn't enjoy it as much as I would have hoped. 
However, it is a family-friendly film, and there isn't much out there for kids to watch, so if you're looking for something to take your kids to, it's not a horrible experience, and I think they might enjoy it. I don't know what it is about The Haunted Mansion, and I always thought it would make a great movie, but unless you're a Muppet, please don't try to make it into a movie anymore. Next, when an embalmed hand terrorizes the lives of young teenagers, the results are deadly. This is Talk to Me. You know the drill? Say, talk to me. Talk to me. Haley, fucking stop it, he's choking! 83 seconds, get it off him! What if we opened the door but we didn't shut it? Delete it. Delete it, come on! The spirits, they followed us. We have to do something. You want to do it again? This film is about a group of teens who one night are challenged to play a game that involves holding an embalmed hand that has various names written all over. First up is Mia, played by Sophie Wilde. Mia is grieving the loss of her mother and is particularly emotionally vulnerable. When she grasps the hand and says, talk to me, the figure of a dead person appears and begins to take over her body once she gives its permission to be let in. Mia is tied up for at most 90 seconds because any longer could be dangerous. Watching this is her friend Jade, played by Alexandra Jensen, who along with her younger brother Riley, played by Joe Bird, are freaked out by what they witness. They see Mia's eyes go completely black as she shivers, chokes, and begins to asphyxiate. The rest of the friends are too busy filming the events on their phones to have concern about what is happening. When the spirit in Mia addresses Riley directly, it causes him to fear for his safety and he begins having trouble sleeping. The group returns another day to play again, and this time, against his sister's wishes, Riley takes hold of the hand and conjures up the spirit of Mia's mother, who committed suicide two years earlier. A freaked-out Mia insists on having Riley's turn prolonged so that she can speak to her mother's spirit. This ends up causing Riley to self-harm and end up in a coma. With the spirits now controlling his battered body, it is up to Mia to figure out how to solve the mystery and get Riley to return to consciousness. When I saw the trailer for this, I predicted it would be a see-it. And I give this film a... See-it! This movie was incredibly scary. The opening sequence was so shocking that I knew that I was going to be in for a ride. And I was. At a nice lean hour and a half, this horror film had wonderful pacing, incredible tension, and horrifying sequences. The violence in this film is just hammered onto that screen. One of the things I liked best about the film was the sound design. It highlighted some of the more graphic scenes in a way that just freaked me the hell out, but in a good way that I expect from horror films when I go see them. Sophie Wilde was excellent in her role, and there's an appearance by Miranda Otto, whom you may remember from her roles in the Lord of the Rings films. She plays Jade and Riley's mother. The film is definitely not for the faint of heart, and when I went in, since it is from the film studio A24, I was kind of expecting it to be more of a psychological horror film, as their summer horror movies tend to be. 
But this went beyond psychological, and it was just graphically violent in places, but again, in a way that I like my horror movies to be. It didn't go as far as those terrible Saw movies that I can't watch because they're just too disgusting, but this one was teetering right on the edge. If you're into horror movies and this is playing near you, I'd go see it. Next, a man goes on a revenge path to find out what happened to his son. This is the baker. You want to see your little girl? Or do you want me to see your little girl? What has your father done? In the truck. Fine. You stay in the truck, no matter what. Some things might happen. Some things you don't want to see. When that happens, you put these down. Goggles! Ah, yeah, you a cop? I'm a baker. In The Baker, Ron Perlman plays a man with a sketchy past who now lives life as a baker. One day, his estranged son Peter, played by Avatar actor Joel David Moore, shows up out of the blue with his daughter Delphi, played by Emma Ho. Delphi suffers from selective mutism and has never met her grandfather. Peter has to leave her behind after receiving a call about a mysterious bag he is in possession of after witnessing a drug smuggling ambush. The bag contains drug packets that belong to a drug lord played by Oscar-nominated actor Harvey Keitel. Knowing that his time on Earth is probably limited, Peter gets a phone call to save himself and instead uses it as a chance to let his father know things about Delphi such as she can't eat peanuts. Hearing a gunshot in the background, the baker is tasked with finding out what happened to his son. So he takes his granddaughter on a trek in his food truck where he encounters one baddie after another beating the shit out of them while trying to shield his granddaughter from witnessing the violence. Will he eventually find out the fate of his son? I give this film a... Shove it. This film was the typical revenge flick that you've seen a thousand times before. 975 of those times, they star Liam Neeson, who I assume may have read the script and said, sorry, this is too cliche even for me. The script follows all the beats that you normally find in these movies, leaving no suspense whatsoever for the viewer. I will say the fight scenes were very well choreographed, and Perlman shows that he still got it in that area. But for the most part, I was pretty bored watching this. I saw it immediately after watching Talk To Me, so coming out of that great movie to come see this one was kind of a letdown. It just didn't seem like something that merited a theatrical release and may have played better on TV. Nothing about it was a surprise, and I just kind of left the theater saying, meh. If you're into these kinds of shoot 'em up types of movies and it's playing near you, you might enjoy it, but I really didn't. That's it for this week's featured films. To recap, Disney's Haunted Mansion is in theaters now and is a very mild see-it. Talk to Me is in theaters now and is a see-it, and it's my pick of the week. And The Baker is in theaters now and is a shove-it. Now, on to my brief take of some additional movies I've watched in my segment, Quick Picks. Bird Box Barcelona is a follow-up in concept only to the 2018 Sandra Bullock thriller 
and is a sequel no one was asking for. There are moments that genuinely scared the viewer, but for the most part, it doesn't have the originality of the previous film. It can be watched on Netflix and is a shove-it. The Outlaws, starring Adam Devine, Nina Dobrev, Ellen Barkin, and Pierce Brosnan, is about a man who is about to marry his fiancée and begins to suspect his future in-laws are coming into the marriage with a criminal past and present. There are some moments that made me laugh out loud, but for the most part, this one is a stinker and is a shove-it. And it's also on Netflix. Before we move on to now streaming, I wanted to let you know that I did in fact go see Oppenheimer again. This time, it was an IMAX, and I have to say, it was an incredible experience. The sound alone made the price of admission worth it. That theater was shaking, rattling, and rolling. Going into it knowing what the pacing would be allowed me to enjoy it more than I had the first time. So much so that I raised its rating on my letterbox profile up an entire star to 4.5 out of 5. If it is still playing an IMAX near you, that is the way to go. Trust me. Now, let's move on to Now Streaming. There are lots of things coming to streaming this week. First, Transformers Rise of the Beast was a fun summer movie, and it is now streaming on Paramount+. Plus. To hear my full review, listen to episode 87. The most disturbing film I saw last year that was strangely good, Bones and All, is debuting on Paramount Plus today. It's a very acquired taste, but if you want to hear my full review, go back and listen to episode 44. Jesus Revolution, starring Kelsey Grammer and Joel Courtney, was not as preachy as I was expecting, and it's rather enjoyable, even though it omits major truths about its subject. Um, it's coming to Netflix today, and you can hear my full review on episode 63. Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3 was another summer blockbuster that had its charms. It's coming to Disney Plus on Wednesday, August 2nd, and my full review of that is on episode 79 if you want to listen to it again. And the big hit of the spring, the Super Mario Brothers movie, is a fun ride of a film that is coming to Peacock on Thursday, August 3rd, and my full review is on episode 74 if you'd like to revisit it. Finally this week, it's time for my segment where I look at films from the past. This is Be Kind. Rewind. Continuing on my series where I take the 52-week movie challenge, this week's topic was a movie remake. The contenders were Cape Fear, A Star is Born, and The Birdcage. You voted, and the film you selected was... The Birdcage. Pop, I'm getting married. <laughs> it's a girl. I met her at school. It's this wonderful... Uh, what, what are you... Are you upset? But let me tell you why. Don't use that tone to me. What tone? That sarcastic, contemptuous tone that means you know everything because you're a man and I know nothing because I'm a woman. You're not a woman. Oh, you bastard. In The Birdcage, Oscar winner Robin Williams plays Armand Goldman, the owner of a popular drag club on Miami Beach. Starring in the featured show in the club is Starina, the drag persona of Armand's husband, Albert, played by Nathan Lane. 
One day, their son Val, Armand's biological son from his one and only heterosexual fling years ago, played by Dan Fetterman, comes home to announce his engagement to Barbara Keeley, played by Allie McBeal herself, Callista Flockhart. She happens to be the daughter of U.S. Senator Kevin Keeley, played by Oscar winner Gene Hackman. This causes worry because Senator Keeley is the chairman of the Committee for Moral Order. With her parents, including her mother Louise, played by two-time Oscar winner Diane Wiest, planning on coming to Miami to meet her fiancé's parents, Barbara has told them that Armand is straight, which makes Armand angry that he's being forced back into the closet. However, he agrees to play along and frantically redecorates their home. When the plan of having Albert pretend to be Val's straight uncle doesn't go as planned, he instead disguises himself in drag and he presents himself as the middle-aged conservative wife of Armand, and the film continues as they barrel toward the wedding trying to hold the masquerade together. Released on March 8, 1996, The Birdcage was directed by Oscar-winning director Mike Nichols and is a remake of the 1978 French-language Franco-Italian film La Cage aux Folles. Initially intended to star Williams and Steve Martin, Lane had to step in when Martin became unavailable due to filming of his comedy Sergeant Bilko. It's a decision Martin regrets because he said he always wanted to do a film with Williams, but never had the chance to do it before Williams' death in 2014. When Martin dropped out, Williams switched roles as he had originally been cast as the more flamboyant Albert. He thought it would be better for him as he had recently starred in Mrs. Doubtfire a few years earlier and thought dressing in drag again so soon would be too repetitive. Known for their habit of improvising, Williams and Lane agreed to honor director Nichols' request that they shoot their first take as written in the script before letting it rip with improvised choices. The film received positive reviews upon release and was praised by the LGBT advocacy group GLAAD for going beyond the stereotypes to see characters' depth and humanity. It opened at number one at the box office and eventually grossed $185 million on a $31 million budget. The film earned an Oscar nomination for its art direction, and the cast took home the Outstanding Cast Award at the Screen Actors Guild that year. The film is available to watch on MGM+. Next week's Be Kind Rewind topic is a film festival winner. So, I chose a winner from each of the five major film festivals for you to vote on. From the Cannes Film Festival, Pulp Fiction. From the Toronto International Film Festival, The Princess Bride. From the Venice Film Festival, The Wrestler. From the Berlin Film Festival, The People vs. Larry Flint. And from the Sundance Film Festival, Fruitvale Station. Come to my Instagram at SaderShoveIt to vote for which film I should focus on, and the post with the most likes will be next week's segment. That's it for this episode of Seder Shove It. Thank you so much for joining me this week. I hope you enjoyed listening as much as I enjoyed making it for you. Support your local theaters by going to see some of the movies I reviewed this month, and while you're at it, share my podcast with your movie and TV-loving friends and family. Don't forget, you can drop me a line at seedershoveit at gmail.com and follow me on Instagram and Letterboxd at seedershoveit and rate me wherever you get your podcasts. Don't forget to listen to part four of the 50 Years 50 Movies and tomorrow I will be giving you the August trailer talk. So come back and listen to that. 
And also come back next week to hear my thoughts on all the new releases including Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Mutant Mayhem, and Meg 2 The Trench. Yes, August has arrived. That's all I'll say. Thanks again, everyone. Have a great week. This episode of See It or Shove It was recorded in Orlando, Florida and is produced by Gregory G. Productions. Music by Mysterio Music. All rights reserved.